Hello, BookThinkers family, and welcome to our personal development podcast, BookThinkers Life-Changing Books. During each episode, we interview one of the world's top authors, and as a listener, you can expect to discover new books, new mentors, and new resources that you can use to achieve more and live better. Today's episode, we have the pleasure to interview author of It's Not About Me, Randall Haug. Randall is a husband, father, speaker, a sales manager, and author who has unlocked a simple secret to life. Through his experience, he discovered the importance of servant leadership, its role in his life, and how living is about others and not about you. Through this, Randall has found success in every aspect of his life and wants to pass down the knowledge to you. In this episode, you'll learn how to overcome negative people, the importance of finding time for yourself, and how servant leadership is a key in success. Now get ready to learn and enjoy this incredible conversation with Randall Haug. Randall, welcome to the Book Thinkers Life-Changing Books podcast. How are you feeling today? Awesome. Thanks for having me, uh, Luke and Nick. Appreciate it. Yeah, we're excited to jump in. So right off the bat, why don't you introduce yourself to the BookThinkers family? Why don't you tell everybody a little bit about who you are and yeah. why you pay attention to this book that you just wrote? Yeah, no. So uh, Randall Haug, I live in uh, central Arkansas. I'm 29 years old. I'm married with two kids and uh, I am actually a sales manager. And one of the things that uh, I feel like I, I love developing people. And one thing that my generation typically gets a bad rap about is they are extremely selfish and only worried about themselves. And so what I decided to do for a lot of the millennials and people, you know, coming straight out of college and going into the workforce was write a, uh, a guide on how to be more successful and really create life-changing relationships with uh, your customers, your peers and, and whatnot. So yeah. that's great. Sorry. I'm just like diving right in. I'm like, I've got a hundred questions right away. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Which uh, I'm, I'm getting a little bit too, um, too comfortable, too comfortable doing that with Nick lately. I've just been jump, jumping in. Um, sometimes, you know, like we'll go, we'll go like 30 minutes and I haven't even spoken yet because Nick has great questions that just open up yeah. everything. So um, I'm just like, well, I want to get a question in because I've got some. So anyway, um. I loved, I loved your book. The biggest thing that I honestly, like the thing that I loved most about it was just such an easy read. It was like, it was yeah. nice, short, concise, and to the point. Perfect. And man, I love when books can do that. Like you did a great job of getting clarity on a lot of things, which I feel like, you know, sometimes there's, there's a lot of books that I read that are just like rambling. So I can say, okay, get to the point, get to the point, get to the point, get to the point. Yeah. You just like, I mean, I feel like right off the bat, you were just there. You just got to the point, which I love. So I'm going to do that too. And just get kind of, kind of right to the point. Yeah. Um, in in the first chapter, I just I, I I love the idea of servant leadership. It's something that I'm trying to cultivate in my life a little bit more. Um, it's something I kind of grew up with a little bit too, but uh, I haven't done a great job at it um, throughout my life. And I loved your take on it. But if you don't mind, maybe you can describe what servant leadership is to you, what you how you think about it, and um, yeah, just describe that to our listeners. Yeah, absolutely. And and thank you. I when I was writing this book, I was going for you know, short and straight to the point, so many people can get stuck in writing a three or 400 page book and you can truly deliver a powerful message without writing 400 pages. I mean, you guys read a 10, I read, try to read every single morning, try to, you know, break that mental sweat, just like I do on the others, but a three or 400 page book can get, 
you know, kind of deceiving, right? It's almost like, I don't even know if I want to start it. Uh, but servant leadership to me, I, I mean, if you take a step back, right? Take a step back and think about how you can be of service to your team, right? Be available, be able to get in the trenches with them, show them how to do the job, right? Be there for them every single step of the way, give them guidance. And sometimes, right, a boss tells you what to do, a leader jumps in and shows you how to do it, right? I love Jeff's take on it because a true, you know, servant leader doesn't tell their team or guide them down a path of somewhere they haven't been before, right? So getting in there and showing them how to do it and being available is the best way. Yeah, and I agree with that. I loved your um, your story about it. Jeff Ward was his name, correct? Yes, sir. Yeah. yeah. What a great guy. He um, seemed to be like a, he played a pretty pivotal part in your journey. I would love to, you know, he was your coach and then he was your boss. Maybe you can share a little bit about that story and how that happened and how that evolved yeah. over time. That'd be great. Yeah. So, so he's actually my boss now. As oh, well. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, that, that's been wonderful. But no, he was my, he was my baseball coach growing up. And then as I was, you know, becoming a teenager, driving, having to have a job and whatnot, uh, he ran, he owned the two uh, branches of the previous, which is now a national company. Uh, he ran the two, he owned the two locations and whatnot. So I knew that I had an opportunity there to really, you know, create a lot more experience for myself, right? To really invest in myself there, learn a ton from somebody who is, you know, taken over, right, Arkansas and whatnot. And so getting into that uh, was one of the best moves I ever made. And we always made jokes in baseball about how, hey, I, you know, I'd love for you to drop off a, a resume and whatnot. He would never do it, right? So I had to go to him. I went to him one day and he, that's what he was waiting on. He was waiting on me to take the step, right, because you have to, the world is yours, but you have to get out there and take it, right? It's not going to come to you. It's not going to come to those that are sitting there waiting. On it. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. And is that something like, you know, it, it seems like from a young age, you had a pretty good idea of those things. Is that, do you think it's because of those people in your life? Like Jeff, I know in the introduction, you talk about you're the average of the seven people that you hang out yeah. around the most. Right. So mm -hmm. I loved Do you, if I don't know if, let me see the quote, because the quote is really great. Um, maybe you remember it off the top of your head. If you do, that'd be awesome. But you say it's something about the, the negative, the, the seven negative people that are in your, your head yeah. the most. Yeah. I'd like elaborating on that. Yeah. So you are the average of the seven positive people, right? The seven people hang around the most and the seven people that have made a negative like impression on you, hmm. right? So those you hold in your heart, right? Because you are, you take bits and pieces from the people you admire, but you also take bits and pieces from the people that have given you hardships, right? So you know that I don't want to do, I don't want to be anything like that, right? It really shapes you and evolves you. And if you want to be a hundred, surround yourself with seven 100s, right? Because you are the average of that. Yeah. And I, I totally agree with you. It's something that I've worked really hard on in the last couple of years of just changing the changing the room I'm in and the people that I hang around because yeah. I've realized uh, through a lot of pain that um, hanging out around people that are a little bit more small-minded and don't have the, the same goals and aspirations as me are also people that contribute to holding me back. And something that was like, that hit me like really hard when you said the seven negative people that are in your mind. So like you were saying that 
not even just the the people that you hang around but the people that you think about and that was like this big like wake up for me because like oh man I've I've removed myself a little bit from those smaller minded people but they still take up some space in my brain which is crazy to think about and I'm wondering do you have any advice for people like me that are struggling with getting these negative people out of out of your head do you have any advice around that I would love to hear it let it go Mm. and that's hard right because as long as you're thinking about them every single day even if it's not, not even if it's not it's every single day, it's once a week, twice a week, they are winning. Mm. Let it go. If they occupy space in your mind, they've got a grasp on you somehow, right? And, and that's hard because I find myself struggling with that at times, right? But there are, there are those people that, like you said, short-minded, that was very well put, right? Because they are just out for the short-term gain about themselves, right? They are there trying their hardest to occupy that space, right? They may, they, they won when they're occupying that space in your mind and that you're holding onto that piece of it. You can't reach your highest potential. Mm. Let it go. Move on. Let it go, man. It's if only, is it such a, it's, it's such it's a difficult, tough. difficult thing for sure. But uh, anyway, I'm going to pass the baton over to Nick because yeah. I've been hogging, hogging this a little bit. Well, I'm curious. I mean, this is probably the first time we've had uh, three 29-year-olds in the room chatting it up. There you go. 29, right? Yeah. Sure question. I knew Luke was 29. So 29 is an interesting age because I feel like right now the differences between my friends uh, at the age 21, 22, you know, coming out of college, the difference between those friends is, is that gap is widening between the people who are focused on personal development and the people who are stuck in that kind of like college party, I'm going to just clock in and clock out and then go have fun type of mentality. You know, the type that wants to build a family versus the type that just wants to have a good time. So I'm curious, how do you let it go? Like if there are people in your life that are having a negative impact on you uh, and they're not supporting the direction that you're going, how do you let it go? How do you get rid of these people in a cordial way? Oh, great question, right? And when you think about your well-being and your why almost, right? Like who you have to be day in and day out to help you accomplish your goals, help your family accomplish those goals. You can't let others drag you down. Right. And, that, and that's hard. I mean, I, I know all three of us right now, like, nobody's perfect. Right. But you have to you have to get in that mindset to throw it into fifth or sixth gear and go all out and be the person that you've got to be for others. Right. Yeah. And it's yeah. hard. I think so. It is yeah. hard. Yeah. I was just, you know. Um, just further elaborating on that, you know, your book is called It's Not About Me. And it's so interesting because I feel like what you're saying now is almost like you gotta, you have to work on yourself a little bit to be able to serve others. And I think that's something that we, I don't know, just in general, we, the general we, we have a hard time with almost um, coming to grips with uh, how much do I work on myself versus how much do I help others? And I'm wondering, you know, do you think there's, if there's a balance to that, or do you think like, Hey, you have to kind of like the airplane thing, like put on your mask and then you can put on other, other people's masks. What's your, what's your viewpoint on like doing the work, doing the work on yourself? Yeah, no, I, I love that. And that, that is something that I've had a lot of success with here lately, 
through advice of others and whatnot, because if you don't take care of yourself, you can't take care of others. But at the same time, too, you have to set aside time to make those deposits into yourself or else you're not going to be the person that you need to be for others. Right. So you almost have to set aside time for it. Right. Because if you're not intentional with your, you know, Nick Saban talks about be 100 percent intentional with your time. Right. If you don't set aside the time for yourself, you can burn out. Right. You can burn out and then you are the shell of a human that you need to be for others. But if you don't set aside that time for yourself to put the deposits in, get rest, right? Turn it all off. You are not the leader that you have to be for the people that are counting on you day in and day out. Well, you mentioned setting aside time every day for reading and that mental yeah. So how long have you been a reader? Is that something that you, you enjoyed when you were a younger guy? So like when I was in college and right when I got out of college, absolutely not. Absolutely not. But when, and what I do, I wake up before the world wakes up. So like my family typically gets up around six, six 30. I get up at five because that's my time to shut off the world and make deposits into myself. Right. But I knew that again, it's not about me, meaning like I learned a lot from the individuals in my book, but I knew that there were so many messages out there that could help me because you're not going to learn every single thing from every single book that you read, right? You're going to learn bits and pieces from each one. That was my idea with the seven leaders there is that there's a certain piece that's going to stick out and it's different for everybody, right? You both probably learned something different from my book, took key takeaways from different portions of it. And I love that because there's not one angle that reaches everybody, that grabs everybody's attention. But I really became a leader when I knew that I wanted to make a difference. Like I started reading more when I wanted to make a difference in other people because I had to figure out what's their hook, right? Everybody's hook is different. Everybody learns different ways. Everybody's got different whys and you have to figure out what that is before you can really start serving others. Yeah, I agree. What are some of the books that influenced you? What are some of the, what are some of your favorites when you think about leadership and mindset and? Yeah, yeah. So the, the coffee bean, by uh, Damon West. And then so John Gordon's uh, The Energy Bus. Like I've loved those because if you don't bring energy to the conversation, right, people are out in, in minutes, right? First impressions mean everything. Uh, and then the coffee bean was an interesting perspective. That, and I actually met Damon West, super, super good guy, servant leader himself. Uh, but like I loved, uh, you know, The Power of Positive Leadership by John Gordon. I love that because people will follow or unfollow you within minutes. And if they can tell that you're a positive person, they will follow you forever. I like that. Follow yeah. you. What about you? Well, the first books that I read were Rich Dad, Poor Dad by Robert Kiyosaki. Yeah. The Total Money Makeover by Dave Ramsey and The Richest yeah. Man in Babylon by George S. Clayson. So when I started my journey, I was really insecure around money. And so those books deal with personal finance and financial literacy. And so that's kind yeah. of how I got my start. But then I moved into the personal development space, the seven habits of highly effective uh, people and books like that. So yeah. that was kind of my, my quick transition. Luke, you want to share some of your first reads? Yeah. I mean, you mentioned uh, the why, right? Um, I used to own a coffee shop and 
I got into books. It's probably been like six, six or seven years now, but um, I got into books like literally out of necessity because I just didn't know what I was doing. And I was like, okay, I'm going to start reading books. Nick was sharing about books and I followed him on Instagram and he was sharing all this stuff about books. So I was like, all right, well, maybe there's something to this book thing. Let me read some books. I started with a really simple one. And that book was, was pretty instrumental in just opening my, my mind to new perspectives because up until that point, like I just didn't have, I don't know. I just didn't have the capacity for different perspectives. And I like, I just thought the world was very black and white and this is how it is, or this is how it isn't. And as simple as that book is, it just showed me that it's like, okay, there's, there's more to this. So I just got from there. I just got super curious hey, and started you devouring the name of it. I don't think you did start with why. Yeah. Did I not say that? Okay. I don't think so. <laughs> Sorry <laughs> if I didn't say that, but yeah, start with why by Simon Sinek. Um, I've probably said, told this story a few too many times at this point. That's why I'm just like, oh, everyone knows her name now, you know, in my mind. But yeah, books have played a, a really instrumental role in my life. And um, books like yours, it's not about me. Like they are, they're so great because they really do. They, you said it, like show different perspectives and everyone takes something different from it too. You know, my favorite book won't necessarily be your favorite book. And yeah. what worked for me and your book won't necessarily work for for you or someone else. And what I love about, uh, you know, Nick and I, we do a lot of these podcasts together and we both read these books and we come up with um, different questions to ask. And it's always so fascinating to see just the the different perspective that he has from what I took from it. Right. Yeah. And I, I love that. So you, you, you talked about that a little bit and um, I'm just thinking, I'm thinking through uh, too. there was, there was something that uh, stood out to me and I'm thinking about perception or maybe I'm thinking about, yeah, perception. Yeah. Um, or maybe it's uh, not perception. It's uh, your other chapter, which is the way you perceive. What was that one? That one. I'm thinking about the story. It's a, it's a cute, funny story, which is um, the boogers and nickels. Yeah. Would you, uh, I, I don't remember if that one is, is, is that one in perception? I, that one, I can't. yeah, that one's in perspectives. Perspectives, perspectives. Yeah. yeah I'm sorry. Perspectives. Yes. Yes. That, that was so amazing. So if you don't, do you mind like sharing a little bit about that story? Yeah. So he, he talks about like what the message he rolls through with his sons every single morning, right. About taking the good for the good and the bad for the bad and whatnot. Mm -hmm. um, and he, he had such a, an interesting way about because he was one of my college teachers I actually speak to one of his classes a couple of his classes every single semester I, I enjoy oh, awesome. uh, speaking at those every single time just getting to meet those young students that are hungry to learn and eager to make a difference and whatnot but his his deal there was everybody everything that comes to you there's different there's a everybody's got a different perspective on it right and there's a positive and negative connotation about it but when you go into it with an it's not about me mindset, that's how you can really find, you know, people's thought processes with it, right? And so, again, like you said, different perspectives and whatnot are, are everything, right? Because everybody's got a different thought process and perspective about everything. And it's when you're able to tap into that, that you can really, you know, re relate with people on those things. What's been a perspective in your life that um, that you had to really like change that changed the way you thought about things? Like, is there any like one big perspective change that you've had throughout your life? Oh, man. Let oh, me there... piggyback on that because you said you were not a reader in mm. college and coming out of college, but yeah, you were. So what's the big difference? 
I would say for me, and this is kind of where that perspective comes in, is when you stop trying to, when you stop worrying about your own success and you start waking up every single day trying to help others be successful, making a positive impact, making a difference in their lives, your success will take care of itself on the back end, right? And that was something that for me, like early on, it was how can I make the most money possible? Like, what do I, what can I do? And the more I focused on me, the less successful I was. But the more that I focused on, you know, my customers or my team, helping them accomplish their goals, because not everybody's driven by money. So, you know, a bunch of people driven by work-life balance, being happy, less stress and whatnot. When I was able to take on my team's tasks that were bogging them down the most, help them come out of that, they, they worked harder for me every single day, which indirectly made me more successful, right? So that was, I would say that was a perspective for me. It was not necessarily just working hard, but working hard for others, right? Because you've got to, you have to be able to motivate at three levels. You got to be able to influence up, influence the, the people at your level, and then influence people below. And you're able to successfully influence all three of those levels. There's no ceiling to your success. Hmm. Yeah, I really like that lesson. Well, uh, you asked us what our favorite takeaways from the book were. Yeah. My, mine, I did a little preview on Instagram uh, around the million dollars to kill an ant. Yeah. Well, up the ant. Yeah, that, that's kind of, uh, I, I think that's my biggest takeaway is that you've got to, well, I don't want to spoil the metaphor. Why don't you tell the story to everybody and what the kind of outcome is? Yeah, yeah. So Gilberto's coach asked you, you know, how do you kill, you know, how do you kill the ant? If I was to give you a million dollars, how would you do it? Right. And his takeaway was I would go to the bank, take take $200,000 out by a nuclear bomb and blow the ant up. Because then you have absolutely no doubt in your mind that the task is accomplished, right? You still, and then you net $800,000, right? The idea there is to complete every single goal to 100% fulfillment, leaving no doubt in your mind that anything was left undone, right? And that's an interesting you know, perspective and perception on the piece of it. But that story right there grabbed me because Gilberto, right, he's a wealth management advisor for Northwestern Mutual, and he always tracked, right, not by the dollars that he made, but how many lives he had an impact on, lives that he influenced. And I, and I love that because that right there is a life that's not about me, right? How many people can I positively, how many people can I make a positive impact on in a day, in a month, in a year, right? That you think about the impact that your like what you do has, you're getting more and more viewers and followers every single day, right? It's creating more and more impact out there. And I love that. Yeah. I mean, imagine if the entire world had that mindset of impact. I know that it took me a while to find it. When I was coming out of college, just like you shared about yourself, it was money, money, money. Yeah. And uh, in, in some respects, it still is. I think one of the things that Book Thinkers is trying to do is shift some of our KPIs from revenue over to impact. And it's a tough thing to quantify sometimes. So I'm not sure if you have any advice out there for people around deciding to focus on impact, because if you did, that, that could definitely be valuable for everybody. Oh, man. I, 
the more lives that you can touch, which this was something that I thought about too. If you have the opportunity to make a difference in someone's life, take it and don't look back. No matter what the repercussions are for yourself, right? Because when it's all said and done, it's not about you. It's about how many people you can influence at, at the end of your life, right? And that's what I just, I, I told our pub, I told our publishers, like with everything that was going through, if I, if I help someone get the courage to stand up and do something different, this entire project, just one, this entire project was worth it to me. I'll, I'll reflect one more thought and then I'll toss it over to you, Luke. In Green Lights by Matthew McConaughey, which was a really fun listen, Matthew talks about, he actually talks a little bit about uh, Jesus, but he said that Jesus uh, was aligned because what benefited him also benefited other people. And Matthew said that he was trying to live the same life. Like what was good for him was also good for other people. He built a life that revolves around impact. And I, that's something that I think about a lot. Like yeah. how, could, how could growing book thinkers be good for me, but also be good for other people. That's a fun challenge, but it's also a fun way to build a business and live your life because then it's not about you. And even if it is about you a little bit, it's really about other people at the end of the day. Absolutely. No, and I, and I love that. He, I actually have that book. I haven't, I haven't started it yet, but I mean, it was a New York Times bestseller. I mean, right off the bat. He's actually doing a kid's book too. Oh, yeah. Uh, some exciting news that he just released. But. Well, yeah, he's awesome. Yeah, it's a, it's a great book and I highly recommend the audio book. I'm not a very big audio book person. I like, yeah. I like holding the book. I, I don't feel like I learn or retain as much when I'm doing the audio. I kind of get a little bit too passive with it. But that audiobook, super, super captivating. So um, highly recommend that one. It's a great book. But yeah, it's so interesting, you know, all the times in my life when I have focused on impacting others' lives and I have focused on someone else outside of me, my life has just been better. Yeah. And it's crazy, but I can just, I can honestly say that. Like I, I spoke a little bit about, I, own, I used to own a coffee shop and um, I talk about that a little bit off too often maybe on the podcast but I used to own a coffee shop and like I struggled for a long time and eventually I just got to realize that I have to make this so focused on serving everyone else that it just it can't be about what what's going on in my life and everything all the problems and all this stuff and as soon as I did that it really like things just started to change so I think that if most people could start to focus on that and then also like I think too the like Nick was talking about, which is the it's really hard to find that KPI for lives impacted. And it would be so cool if we could come up with and maybe it's you, Randall, maybe you come up with a system and sell it or something, but come up with a system uh, of measuring that. Like, when do you put in, you know, the spreadsheet that, oh, yes, I impacted one life today. And I think like that's like the big struggle with us a lot of times like oh we're not really sure we don't really see that now it took me until I closed my I closed my coffee shop um, down during COVID and or just like at the end of COVID and um, I'm gonna get a little emotional here but I just got afterwards like I didn't realize the impact I was having I was trying to have an impact but I didn't really realize the impact I was having so after I closed down I got hundreds hundreds of letters that were thanking me for the service. Thank you. Like what a difference yeah. the, the coffee made in their daily lives. And like, 
that still to this day, I have my drawer by my desk full when I have, when I'm having a rough day, I just pull that out and like, just yeah. read through the letters because there's nothing like it. There's nothing like it. Um, so anyway, sorry about that little, <laughs> that little ramble, but, um, kind of tying it back around, you know, Nick was talking about his favorite takeaway from your book. And what I loved about your book so much, it was like the, the value was right there, right at the beginning, because I know we already talked about it, but I loved that. Um, and I just, pulled it up here because I wanted to know exactly what I said, but people are the average of the seven positive and the negative seven negative people that have made a lasting impression on them throughout their lives. Yeah. And I, I had to literally sit back, like I put the book down and I like, I was like, I have to reflect on this for a while. So that was a huge takeaway for me. And it was like right in the introduction. So yeah. very cool that you delivered, delivered that um, right off the bat. And you can Mark on your, uh, if you, if you have the spreadsheet, you can mark that you impacted my life right there. So yeah, yeah you got I, it. I appreciate it. Yeah. Anyway, we can maybe bring it a little bit back, back to the book a little bit, you know, leading, uh, making it not about yourself and making it about others, like requires a lot of sacrifice. And you have a chapter in there about sacrifice that I really loved. I would, I would love you to maybe just expound a little bit on, on that, what sacrifice means, um, you know, you talk about with yourself having to get up a little bit earlier than the average person, maybe to sacrifice yeah. to sleep a little bit, or I would just love to hear your thoughts around it. Yeah, no. And I would say sacrifice goes hand in hand with servant leaders because we all have things that we have to do, right? And you can, you can wake up every single day, dreading getting out of bed, worrying about that list of, that list of things that will never end, right? Like you accomplish one thing and two more get added onto it. It's never ending. Or you can look at it again as an opportunity, an opportunity to make an impact, right? An opportunity to, again, add one more feather to your cap that shows why people follow you, right? And you do, you, you sacrifice your time that you would have to, because we all have deadlines, right? But when our team comes to us, it's got to move everything that you have on your list to the top. Because again, people will, people will follow and unfollow you in seconds, right? It's about your attitude. It's about willingness to complete in full what people are asking you to help them with, right? And there's a fine line there though too. And I, and I wanna jump back into you know, the seven positive and seven negative, right? Because like, we just got done talking about let it go, right? But you're almost having to hold on to the seven people that made a negative impression on there so you can learn how to not be like them, right? At the same time, you have to be willing to let go the hardship that they gave you and their sacrifice that comes into that. I don't know. It, it, I don't know if that answers your question or what. Yeah, absolutely. And I think like, like you just said, you know, sacrifice comes in a, in a lot of different ways and a lot of different colors and it's just such an important part of, yeah, important part of leadership that a lot of, I feel like a lot of leaders today just aren't willing to do because they're willing to sacrifice a lot. I mean, I'm noticing just in the world, like they're willing to sacrifice a lot of employees for their own pockets, but they're not willing to make any sacrifices themselves, which is a really sad, sad reality that we're living in right now. So we need more people like you that are coming up and telling people, whoa, this is not the way we do things. This is not how we should do it for the long term. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I think that, that uh, answered my question. Wonderful. All right. I've got another question. So Randall, you were telling us before we started that one of your favorite lessons comes from chapter five, um, yeah. from once chapter leading questions. So what yeah. is a, what is a leading question and how does it relate to this book? 
Hello, BookThinkers family. A quick word from today's podcast sponsor. Today's episode is sponsored by Audible. Audible is the leading provider of spoken word entertainment and audiobooks, ranging from bestsellers to celebrity memoirs, business, and my favorite, personal development. And as part of Audible's partnership with us, we're actually offering listeners a free 30-day trial. This trial includes one credit, good for any premium selection titles you'd like on the whole platform. So that's pretty much any book, including the one we're talking about today. That book is yours to keep even after the trial is over. Now, this trial also includes access to Audible's Plus catalog of podcasts, audiobooks, guided wellness programs, and Audible originals. You can listen all you want, no credits needed. Now, everyone on the BookThinkers Instagram knows that I love physical paper books. There's nothing better than having a book in your hand, scribbling notes everywhere in the margins. I kind of tear those things up. But I've been completing an additional 20 to 30 books every single year using Audible by listening when I'm in the car, doing chores around the house, or while I'm on my morning walks or runs. You could take advantage of this free trial by clicking the link in today's show notes or going to www.bookthinkers.com slash audible trial. You will not regret it. Now back to today's episode. It is so gosh, Brent, what a, what a great guy. He had, he just has a way with people, right? And so asking leading questions is again, finding ways to ask the questions that lead both parties down the path that mutually benefits them both, mm-hmm. right? So don't ask yes or no questions. Again, don't, don't ask what time it is. Yeah, yeah don't, don't ask what time it is, ask how the clock is made, right? So ask the questions that lead both parties to a win, right? Because when people get stuck in a me versus you, a win versus lose mentality, at some point, whether you're the winner or you're the loser, someone's got to lose. And that doesn't make anybody happy. It doesn't make people want to continue doing business with you. It doesn't make people want to follow you. Find a way that both parties can win. Asking leading questions is by far one of the most impactful lessons that I've ever had because you can make a connection with that person, right? Yeah, and it, it sort of ties into your uh, leading at three levels. Like you've got to be able to ask questions up the chain, you've got to be able to ask the right questions to your peers. And you also have to ask the right questions of the people that you're serving. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think like so many people have, you know, struggle. I know I do, like, I'm still working on this for sure, but they struggle with, uh, what do we call it? active listening and yeah. like really listening to not, not just like trying to listen to, to, to answer, but like really like sitting here and listening to what you're saying and then asking questions following up with that. So do you have any, do you have any, I know in the book you had an acronym, listen, and I don't remember exactly what it stood for, but it was really good. But do you have any other tips around um, listening and asking better questions? Or do you have any resources that you use personally to help cultivate more better questions in your life? Yeah. So listen, extremely impactful. Right. So I, I mailed a copy of my book to one of my English teachers and he loved that. He thought that teachers across the United States could really benefit from that. Right. But for me, active listening, and I love that you both brought that up because that is so crucial in being a good leader. Because if you're spending the majority of the time talking, it's physically impossible to listen. Right. But clearing your mind 
and, I, and again, like I, I have a thousand things that are running through here all the time, but having a notepad down so you can write takeaways and take notes and everything, but fully engaging them, looking them in the eye, right? Being in the moment with them, clear your mind and be a hundred percent with that person allows you to absorb everything. Active listening, not like you said, not only enables you to answer the questions, but it allows you to absorb, right? And there's so much that goes into active listening, right? There's looking at people's composure, looking at, you know, the, feeling the temperature of the room, being able to de-escalate a hot situation effectively, not right, not necessarily quickly, but effectively and bringing people's concerns down is part of that as well. Yeah, I know that for a long time, I struggled with active listening from a leadership perspective, I'm sure, but also on this podcast. I mean, I would generate a list of questions from a book and I would stick to them. So you'd answer a question and maybe that would even create some curiosity if I had been listening for a follow-up question. <laughs> but instead I'm thinking about how to word the next question and I would have these abrupt okay, on to the next question type of things. And so part of what we've tried to do with this podcast is make it more human. I'm yeah. listening to you. If I'm curious about something, I can ask a follow-up question. Or I could tell a story like this that helps hammer home a point about active listening instead of just saying, okay, so in chapter six mistakes, you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, that's That's been, I think that our audience has enjoyed that change as well. Oh, absolutely. And you have to be able to switch gears like that. Right, because when you when you've hit a gold mine, you want to dive in deeper, not just like you said, be so okay, Nick. Let's move on to the next one here. People don't want that. Yeah, God gave us two ears and one mouth for a reason, right? Exactly. Ratio. Yeah. So I'm curious, you know, reading your book, getting to know you a little bit. What are some of the the biggest struggles that you've had when it comes to when it comes to leadership? Like, what are what are your Achilles heels? Like, what are the things that you on a daily basis are like, okay, this, this, this piece is hard for me. I would say, I would say early on, and, and this can tie into a lot of people, but when people get stressed, right? When people get stressed, they tend to dive back into the person they were before, mm. right? So they, they've laid out this plan of how they're going to accomplish all their goals. They're going to meet all these deadlines, but then, you know, something out of the blue that you can't plan for happens. Right. And then you're stressed. You're not following any of your guidelines. You're not following up on phone calls. You're not calling people back and whatnot. Um, for me, like I knew that if I was going to be true to myself, I had, I had to roll with the punches. Right. And staying organized goes right along with that. Right setting aside time, blocking out the time to, you know, meet these deadlines. You know, if it didn't get done today, it's got to be done tomorrow, but when does it have to be done, right? Set aside the time to do that. Block out time, be intentional with it. Um, but no, I, I would say one thing for everybody really is being able to understand how to calm yourself down whenever you're stressed, right? Take a step back, calm yourself down, get back into, right, get back into that war chest, hammer things out, right? Yeah, we've talked a little bit about how your book is different, a little bit about why you wrote it. Who do you think the target reader is for your book when you envision 
the ideal customer for this information? Yeah. Yeah. So for me, I would say my target audience is really like the younger crowd, right? So I would say my target audience, and not necessarily even the younger crowd, but people coming right out of college, uh, people that are leading over others, people who have the ability to make an impact on people, right? So, I mean, that, that can be teachers that are early on in their career, uh, people that are early into their, their corporate world, uh, people that don't have a lot of experience managing people, mm-hmm. right? People that are looking for that next opportunity, but aren't exactly sure how to get there. That would be what my target audience would be. Yeah. Yeah. I think that makes sense. If, if you could go back uh, to that age, that recent college graduate age where you weren't a reader. Yeah. Um, do you think this book would be appealing to you? And I, I don't ask that question in an attacking way. I ask it because um, I know I wasn't a reader at that age and it would be hard to convince me to read a book. So I, you know, I'm curious, do you think you would read this book when you were coming out of college? I would say, I would say yes, uh, for the simple reason that it's not a long read. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good right. point. Right. So, I mean, yeah, not right. a very long, but yeah, yeah. you're talking about 90 to hundred pages. I think that's like the, like the, like I said at the beginning, it's like one of the biggest strengths of this book is just, it's straight to the point. And I really love that when, when books can, they don't have to beat around the bush. They're just like, here, yeah. here's the information. This is what you need to know. That's it. Yeah. And it's, it's really nice that you took the time to, to do that. I know like distilling information into a short form like that is really, really hard because it's easy to, to ramble and ramble and ramble and stories and stories and stories and stories and have, like you said, 300, 400 pages of just like tons of information, but it's really hard to distill information down to, I mean, what this has under a hundred pages, I think, or just at a hundred pages. Yeah. So anybody listening today that is like on the fence of reading even this is a great book just to get into reading because it's, it is, it's such an easy, easy read and very applicable to your daily life. Because I think like, you know, when you talk about impact too, you know, everyone, everyone listening today can have an impact. They have that power to have the impact on anybody who's behind them. And that's, what's so cool about your book too, because it's a, it's approachable, right? It's approachable for anybody at any age, really, which I appreciate. Um, well, I, we're probably going to want to get <laughs> wrapping up here, but we're coming on to an hour. So a couple, one, one question I love to, I love to ask our, our podcast guests is if you were to pass away, you were to die and you, all the information, everything that you've acquired goes away with you. And you were allowed to leave one sentence, one piece of advice for those behind you, what would it be? Oh man. <laughs> Big one. It's a big uh, one. It's a yeah. hard, it's a hard one. <laughs> yeah. Thanks. Luke. Sometimes, thanks. sometimes people like sit here for, you can, you can sit here for five minutes and just yeah. think about it and ponder no. it. It's okay. <laughs> I would say for me, how can I be helpful? Mm. How, how can I, how can I be helpful? Yeah. That, that would, that would be what, it would be for me. I'm curious, is that the same piece of advice that you would give your younger self? Like, let's say that you got a chance to go back and talk to Randall at 18 
Is that the same piece of advice that you'd give yourself? I would say, like, I would say just because that, that, that kid was so concerned about, I mean, just getting to the next thing, right? Getting to, getting to the next piece of the puzzle that moved things on to go faster. And some, some of the best advice that I've ever been given is slow down, be in the moment and just enjoy the ride because it'll be over before you know it. Yeah, that's amazing advice. I mean, we're all sitting here at 29 and I'm sure all of us uh, 10 years ago, we weren't even 20 years old yet, uh, but time flies. I mean, it literally seems like it was yesterday for me. So, Oh, I know. It's nuts. Uh, And it seems to be going faster and faster each day that goes on. Yeah. Well, you and Luke both have kids, so I'm sure that accelerates the clock even faster. That's for me. Yeah. (laughs) It's it is the hardest job you will ever love, as my wife says. Oh, I love that. It's the hardest job you will ever love. Ain't yeah. that the truth? That's yeah. that's a good one. It's from you said your wife says that. Yeah, she says that. She says that every morning before we wake him up. She's like, it's the hardest job we'll ever love, right? You got that right, honey. Yeah. What's uh what's next for you, Randall? Are you going to write another book? Uh, do I you want am. to go on, on more stages to speak about this? What's going on with you? hopefully both of those but no i have a i have a second one coming out and uh, the last four words that are in bold are the the title of uh the second one there at the end uh let there be light and i don't don't want to don't want to jump into that too much we'll have to do it on the next podcast but uh i highlighted that too that's funny yeah uh, there be, uh, we can't find it but you know where it is oh yeah yeah that's the that's the title of the second one it's a, uh, it's a dark world out there. Sometimes you just got to be that little uh, candle flicker. You got to be the little the light that shines in the darkness. Yeah, I love it, man. Well, thank you so much for today. A uh, lot of valuable information that I think we'll be able to grab out of this podcast and that listeners who are still on obviously were able to receive. Uh, where can people go if they want to learn more about you? What should they do? Yeah, so you, there's the, my Amazon bio on Amazon and then uh, my website at www.randallhaug.com. Uh, okay. Reach out, send me an email, ask me a question. Let's get connected. Awesome. I love it. Luke, any final thoughts, any final questions? Just uh, thank you for taking the time to, number one, write this book. Great book. Thank you for taking the time to be on here today. I can't believe it's we're already coming up on an hour here. It's crazy how fast the time goes when you're on these things. Like, yeah time just flies which which i love when you're having fun so thank you for coming on the conversation was great i appreciate your time so much yeah awesome i appreciate you guys that is a wrap thank you so much for listening to today's episode of book thinkers life-changing books It would mean the world to us if you could write a review and share this episode with a few of your friends. I mean, these books truly have the power to change people's lives. And by reviewing or sharing our podcast, you're helping us make an impact. If you have any recommendations for future guests or any constructive feedback for us on how we can improve our show, please feel free to submit a form on our website, www.bookthinkers.com, or send us a direct message on Instagram at bookthinkers. With that, I am signing off and I hope you have a wonderful day. Don't forget, 
go read something.